And it's going to go public as a body. It's not going to go public as a one-man show anymore. It's coming up as a body. And it's going to manifest to this world an invisible God of love. It says, if you carry them out, then shall... Get, then I shall give you rains in their season so that land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Indeed, the threshing will last for you until grape gathering. Listen to that. And there, look, there's no season of lack between your seasons. Aren't you tired of having a lack of something in between seasons? When you're waiting on your harvest that the principles of God, we keep pleading the principles, but we're not applying the promises. And we're not, we're not, we're pleading the promises, but not applying the principles. See, if you don't apply the principle, you'll have a lack in between seasons. This might be the message, you know. The Lord said, study and show yourself approved unto God, a a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I study, I study, I study before I get up here. Some people God can use just like that without studying because they got so much revelation in them already. They can just step right into it. But I want to make sure all my bases are covered before I get up into this holy place and represent a holy God. Amen. I want to make sure my flesh is is crucified and that I have this word in my spirit before I get up and represent a holy God. He's wanting to bless. Indeed, your threshing will last for you until grape gathering, and the grape gathering will last until sowing time. You will thus eat your food to full and live securely in the land. How many of us are living securely in the land? Everybody ought to, raise, ought to be raising your hand. Everybody ought to be raising your hand if you're living securely in the land. If we can't raise our hand, then we not, have not been manifesting the Word of God like God wants to do it. We can't manifest the Word to another brother or sister. We have to manifest the Word to our own life. Because the Word will bring death to the flesh. And the flesh will get in the way of your promise. Listen to this. He said, I shall also grant peace in the land so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. How many, how many of us are going to bed with fear, worried about what man's going to do to you? Worry about if the man's going to take your home or take your car. God didn't call you to fear. You are called 
to the righteousness of God, you are a holy, chosen priesthood who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're a holy people. Fear is a lie. Fear has no substance. Years ago, the Lord told me, Gene, fear is like paying interest on a debt that you don't owe. Now, that's pretty ignorant. But I did it. I also shall grant peace in the land so that you may lay down with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate harmful beasts from the land and no sword will pass through your land. Now, he's saying no trouble will pass through your land anymore. Look how easy it is to walk into the blessings of God. But why is it so difficult to obey the word? Why is it so difficult to work out the word in our life? You know, working out your salvation is nothing more than working out the word in your soul. You have to produce that blessing. Your soul is the producer of the what's generating in your spirit. And that is the kingdom. It says, I, so I will turn towards you. Listen, he said, I'm going to turn towards you. So what turned him away from you? Disobedience. Disobedience turned them away from us. He said, I will turn toward you and make you a fruitful and multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. He is a God of multiplication. God is going gonna, is gonna to perform this year according to your obedience. There's always a condition with God. We say his love is unconditional, but we had to come to Jesus to get that love. So it was conditional. We had to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord. That's a condition. And then he comes into our life. We are a covenant people. And we're supposed to be establishing his covenant in the earth. And his covenant has no fear. And it says you will eat all the old supply and clear out the old because the new is on the way. How many of us are stocking up for crisis? When that scripture is telling me, go ahead and eat it up and what's left, get it out the way because there's new coming your way. Amen. I serve a good God. I serve a good God. Amen. I don't get too many amens. I serve a good God. He is a good God.
And if you go to the next chapter, it says the penalties of disobedience. So I'm going to let, that, let you read that in your quiet time. I can't get used to this mic. What's wrong with this thing, brother? I got a green light. Praise the Lord. Let's see if we can work on this thing. I can't get crazy holding a mic. Is the CD on? Oh, we, we need to take this. Got it on. The title of this message. Turn the music just down a little bit, brother. I have to have the music playing because Revelation's in worship. Revelation flows in worship. That's good. You can title this message, Prisoner of Hope. Prisoner of Hope. How many of us remember this, this man right here, the old man? The lost man. He's a prisoner of a false hope. And notice, I'm, I'm telling you, the anointing, an angel was sent to the person that took my sketches and, and did these posters. Because if you look... Right in the center of that man, there's a void. And look at all the darkness that dictates his life. He has a false hope. Ezekiel 37, 14 says, I will put my spirit within you. And you will come to life. That's something to give some praise on. I remember when I came to life. How do you know you came to life? Peace came into your life. Peace. He said, listen, and I will place you on your own land. That is the kingdom land. This earth that Jesus bought back by his blood and took the keys from Satan and said, here's the keys. To the kingdom. Now, what what are the keys to the kingdom? Every scripture in that Bible is a key to unlocking the promises of God. He said, I will put my spirit in you and you will come to life. Here we are coming to life. Jesus just set up his throneship inside of this man right here, inside of us. We can't comprehend, and I don't believe we still have comprehended, the power that's in us. That little light on the inside is the same resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead. And all you got to do is speak it. When she just yelled out, glory to God, she released that power. Because out of your words come death and life. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The new man. Listen, this guy right right here is no longer a stranger or a foreigner, but a fellow citizen with the saints of God. 
And he's a member of the household of God. How blessed is he? But he just received an adversary that he didn't have before. You didn't have an enemy before, before you came to Jesus, did you? Because I was in the enemy's kingdom. I was not his enemy. But when Jesus conveyed me out of his darkness into the kingdom of his light, I inherited an adversary. And that adversary needs food sometime. And he gets it from you. He gets it from you. So if you've got struggle in your life, it's because of what's coming out of your life. Because you can look on the enemy and he has no power on you, but he's still your enemy. This, this man now, he can come boldly to the throne of grace. He can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in every time of need. Now listen, grace and mercy, grace and mercy, grace is the manifestation of that favor. Mercy is when he is with you when you mess up. There's grace with, when there's ignorance, but there's mercy and disobedience. So you're covered on both sides walking with Christ. He said you're going to fail. In fact, when I signed up with the Lord, he said, don't sign up with me if you don't think you're going to fail. Because everything's not going to be perfect. You're on the way to perfection. It's a process. It's a process. I was in a Baptist church. I got saved in a Pentecostal church, but I went to a Baptist church because my children went to school there. And the preacher said, was preaching one day, he said, if you've received Jesus, that's all you'll ever get. Well, his words just locked up that whole congregation from Jesus manifesting in their life. They'll have peace. They'll have a thirst for the Lord. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. That's the beginning of faith. Peter said there's an end to your faith. And that's the salvation of your soul. Your soul is your mind, your head, your intellect, your affections, your will, your choice, your emotions. This is your soul. There's an end to faith in the soulish realm. You need faith to make it whole. No longer a stranger, he says. He has dominion on the earth. He has dominion to embrace the blessings of Abraham. In fact, that's what he's working towards. He's working towards the blessings of Abraham. And I've asked a lot of Christians what the blessings of Abraham is. They don't know. They don't know the blessings of Abraham. Turn the music up just a little, brother. Right there. The blessings of Abraham says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. And I will curse those who curse you. And I will bless those who bless you. 
I'm telling you, we need to be blessing each other. We ought to be blessing each other. Because when we don't bless each other, we're missing it. We're missing the mark. We're missing the mark. You weren't called to be a blessing to sinners. You were called to be a blessing to each other. You are called to compel the sinners to come to Jesus. And we got to keep that mindset because we can't get so, so mindful of kingdom life without being mindful of the lost. Like the Lord said, don't forget your small beginnings. Progressing to the end of faith. I asked the Lord, where was he headed in this message, prisoner of hope? And he said, hope is ineffective. There's two types of hopes. There's a false hope. And that's, carry, that's in, inside the lost man. And then there's an eternal hope. And that's when you receive Christ into your heart. It's an eternal hope. But he said, the body of Christ, their hope is in prison. I said, Lord, what, what imprisons hope? And these are the three, uh, several things that he said. He said, false prophecy imprisons hope. An unrepentant heart re- imprisons your hope. Selfish motives imprison hope. And listen, he said, a mixture of religion and Relationship imprisons hope. How many of us have mixed religion with relationship? I have. I got God and man tried to get a hold of me. But God protected me through it all and kept religion from it's a religion's a spirit. It's a nasty spirit. And that religious spirit kept trying to get on me. But the Lord moved me away every time. He said a mixture of religion and relationship will imprison hope. He said religion will imprison hope. There's a lot of religious people out there. Counterfeit love imprisons hope. Counterfeits, counterfeit people coming into your life. We've got to have discernment. And the only way that you can have discernment, your, your, your senses have to be exercised by the spirit that has the substance of the word of God. Because the word is what gives you discernment. Giving increases discernment. Didn't he say, when you, in your giving, I will increase the fruits of your righteousness. Well, in righteousness, there's discernment. What is, what, what is cycling in your life? Let's think about this. What is cycling in our life that we can't ever seem to get to the other side? That's in prison hope.
something that we keep repeating year after year after year. When God marks you for change and you move from one place to your destiny, somewhere in between temptation comes and we yield to the temptation. Instead of walking to our destiny, we begin to walk in circles. We begin to follow the temptation. We're yielding to the temptation. And the more we turn, the more counterfeits show up in our life. Now we're in Satan's kingdom. Sons of God in Satan's kingdom. Listen to that. Sons of God in Satan's kingdom. First Peter 1.3 says, We have been born again to an everlasting hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the hope of glory. He is the hope of glory. The glory is the Father manifested in you. You say, well, Lord, Gene, how can, you, uh, how can the Father's glory be manifested in me? And I love this scripture, it says, and it's in John. It says, if you abide in me, and I abide in you. All right? So if my spirit is abiding in him, that's not enough. His word has to abide in you, which is your soul, your, your head right here. He said, now you can ask what you desire. Now he's given you permission to ask. And when you ask, it shall be done for you. Listen to that. It's going to be done for you. And he goes on to say, by this, the Father is glorified. So, he's glorified in your receiving. He's adding it to you. He's glorified in your receiving. Because when we receive something from him, we give him glory. We give him praise. We start shouting and running down the halls. I was praying with an old widow for two years, two nights a week. And I'm going to give you a testimony of, of the glory and be, being received. And I went the first time into her home. And I sat down. And the spirit was so strong. In that, that You get some old widow, an old widow like that praying. And that's all she does. It's powerful. And I couldn't hardly sit in the chair. You could feel the electrifying presence of God. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, Gene, I want you to replace all her flooring in this house. 
and she had been crying out to God because somewhere in the real estate transaction, they were supposed to replace the flooring in that house. And they didn't. And it was awful. I said, I said, I said, sister, for some reason, the Lord's telling me to replace the flooring in your house. This woman was 80 years old, walking with a cane, got up and ran down the hall. God was being glorified in her because she received what she asked for. Listen, hope is a, is a saving element in life. Hope is the saving element in life. But it's got to be the hope in you, which is Jesus. He is the life in you that saves you in life. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope never disappoints. For God's love has been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Now, what's abiding in you is a hope that it, that will never disappoint you. It will never disappoint you. You can't disappoint it. God already knows that you're going to make a mistake. So you can't disappoint him. People who are disappointed don't have knowledge of, of the mistake. So God already knows that you're going to make a mistake. So you can't disappoint him. So, so what's the answer? It's an appointment. It's not a disappointment. It's an appointment. You're in a, you're in a, in a, an appointed vessel. He said a, a regenerated spirit possesses hope that does not disappoint. If your spirit has been regenerated by Christ, there is hope in you. That will never disappoint you, but appoint you to a pre-arranged life. When you leave the kingdom of darkness and you're conveyed into the kingdom of Jesus, you are in a pre-arranged life from that time on your, on your time in the earth. It's pre-arranged. And he is lining you up with blessing. He is lining you up with the covenant of Abraham. Thank you, Lord. So why am, not, why am I not living this prearranged good life? How many Christians are not living this prearranged good life? I know a lot of them that aren't living the prearranged good life. Well, there's two reasons. Christ is either not in you or... Hope is in prison in you. It's one or the other. So we need to judge ourselves and say, is Christ in me? Do I have peace? Do I have an eternal hope? Do I have hope even when everything is going wrong? Do I have hope when everything is crashing down? There's still hope. That's an everlasting hope. That's the hope of Jesus Christ. Then why am I in constant disappointment? Why am I in constant disappointment? I asked the Lord then, I said, why, why are your people in constant disappointment? He said, deception. 
how easy it is to be deceived. And what deceives the heart of a saint? The Bible says if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, you've deceived your heart. That's what keeps you in disappointment. Because you're not a doer of the word in a certain area of your life. In an area that God is trying to redeem, he's going to test you before he allows you to enter into that place. And we keep, pass, we keep failing the test. You know why we keep failing the test? Because the word that applies to the test is not in us. We have nothing to, that, that, to pull up out of this treasure in my spirit to apply to the situation. So I fail the test. He is the only teacher that has given us all the answers before we even take the test. And it's in your hand right now. Every answer, to, it's the roadmap to life. So why can't we get to the other side? Why can't we get to the other side of circumstances? Lack of revelation. Lack of revelation. Revelation is a motivator. Revelation moves us on to the other side. Okay, now, do we understand what hope is? We got an eternal hope and we have a false hope. False hope is a lost man without Christ. Now, I'm going to give you three keys to release hope from prison. Three keys to release hope from prison. First key is returning to your first love. You see, when Jesus came in you, the apostle Paul said, be careful how you build on this foundation. Because Satan can build on that foundation. We must be careful on how we're building on the foundation. That's what's wrong with the church now. God is rebuilding his church. He is rebuilding the church. It's got the right foundation, but it's powerless because you got to build the house for the father to dwell in. And if you go into a, a ministry or a church where you don't feel the father's presence, then you're in the wrong house. You're in the wrong house. We need to feel his presence. Zechariah 9.12 says, Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore double your former prosperity. What is the stronghold? He says, return to the stronghold. The stronghold is Jesus. The stronghold is the word of God. What is the, secure, what is the stronghold? What kind of hold does he have on your life? Security and prosperity. Say security and, and prosperity. 
That's the stronghold of Jesus. And see, if he don't have a stronghold on your life, when he, when prosperity and uh, security and prosperity comes, the devil's going to come after that. And if Jesus doesn't have you covered and have a stronghold on your life, there's going to be problems because the devil comes for the word's sake. He comes for the word's sake. So your former prosperity is the deposit of the kingdom. Right here. That's your former prosperity. Well, what is the double prosperity? He said he's going to double it. Is that what it said? I'm going to double your former prosperity. Well, the former prosperity is Jesus coming in you. The double prosperity is the kingdom in manifestation. Everything you need is on the inside of you. The blueprint to your life was deposited on the inside of you when you accepted Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus will keep you up, also keep you up going in circles for a repeat performance until you finally realize that you need him. You can go from job to job to job to job. You can have money in your pocket and have holes in it. And it's gone every time you get some money in your hands. I was there. I know. I'm a witness. But until I called on the name of Jesus, he stepped in. So you got to come to the end of yourself before he steps in. Because he won't mix with your flesh. Flesh has to cry out to him, I need you. And he'll come in. So the regenerated spirit, the born anew, eternal security, prospering in the kingdom. Prosperity is a force. It's an anointing. What releases the anointing for prosperity? The word. The anointing is on the word. The anointing is on the revelation of the word. So he has to have a strong hold on your life before he can reveal anything to you. Because if he doesn't, like I said, the devil's going to come try to destroy you and you won't get to where you need to be. Because you're called to be a blessing. You're called to be a blessing. I love that scripture that says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Just the opposite the way the world thinks. You see, everything's going to begin with Jesus. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega, He is the beginning, He is the end, He is the author, and He is the perfecter of your faith. Everything begins with Him, everything's going to end with Him, so you better hold on to Him in between. And that's what He's calling the body of Christ back to, trusting Him. That's how you hold on to Him. Uh, that scripture says, blessed is the man who trusts you and whose hope is in you. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bears its fruit in season. And whatever you do shall prosper. Whatever you do shall prosper. 
Whatever you set your hand to is going to prosper because of life is released from your hands. The spirit is released from your hands. He said, Gene, tell them when they let go of me, which means his lordship, they move into a cycle of repeat performances. And everything becomes imprisoned from life and godliness. You see, he just can't be your savior. He's got to be your Lord. He's got to be your Lord. He is the overseer of the blueprint of your life. He's got to be Lord. When we return to him, he said, tell them when they return to me, I go before them and make crooked places straight. And I break in pieces the gates of bronze. Now, the former prosperity is coming out of your belly into this function here of intellect. This is the function that we used to get to God. We had to reason with reason with him for him to come in. So I asked the Lord out of these functions, this is a vision he gave me, out of these functions, which one is the function that got me to you? And he said, reasoning. Didn't he tell Isaiah, come reason with me, that your sins may be white as snow? So when I accepted him, Prosperity began to flow in my life. How many experience that? Come on, is that all? <laughs> he blesses you. I've seen people receive Christ that went from job to job to job to job, and all of a sudden when they received Christ, the job was at hand. And they prospered. Now, that's the primary, that's the form of prosperity. This is the prosperity that produces the kingdom. Jesus, he is the source of all supply. There is no want in him. So when we use our will to choose him, the Bible says he constantly puts life and death before us. He says, choose this day what you will. If you choose me, I will bless you. So, Here's the kingdom at work coming out of these two functions. Now, once these functions start operating, the revelation of God is there all the time. Because when you're in want, when you're in need, you're going to have another voice speaking to you as well. But when you let Jesus be the stronghold of your life, he will set the table before you in the presence of your enemy. And he will say, choose me and I will bless you. And he'll bring you to a place where you're not in any want. That you'll be so miserable if you don't give. You'll be miserable if he doesn't show you where to give. But listen, as you're operating in these two rivers that are flowing, and the only way to keep these rivers flowing 
you have to keep giving. That's what keeps the rivers flowing. You will hear God so clearly that you won't have to question it. When you ask him a question, he says, here I am. Ask what you will. You will, you will hear his divine lordship in your spirit and won't have any doubt because doubt is not resonant in you because you chose him to be Lord. Do we have an understanding of step one? What is step one? Come on, class. Return to your first love. Return to Jesus. Let go of your gifts. Let go of your offices. Let go of these things that pump up man. And get a hold of Jesus. And let, let him be Lord over your office. Let him be Lord over your gifts. Let him be Lord over your calling. And you'll be successful in all that you do. Step two. Applying his love. Now, if he's going to be Lord over your life, you have to apply his love to your life. And when you do this, the Lord will permit advancement in your life. Hebrews 6.1 says, therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in teachings and the doctrine of Christ. Advancing steadily towards the completeness and perfection that belong to the spiritually matured. Let us not again lay the foundation of repentance of dead works. Dead works is formalism and of faith by which you turn to God. You see that the, the church is still operating in elementary te teachings. Come on. He's saying, let us go on and get past this. Because if you don't get past it, it's going to keep you in a progressive immaturity. You got to get past it. This is the complete man right here. This is what letting go and moving on will take you to. Is a complete man. The church has been milked from the foundation of elementary stage of teachings and doctrine of Christ. We got to get past that. To those who are ready for advancement, we have to get past it. So God will move you from a church to another church who is in revelation. That God is allowed to advance. And that's an God has to allow that. You just can't get into that. Advanced teaching is revelatory. It's called revelatory teaching. It reveals Christ in another dimension. Do you hear that? It reveals Christ in another dimension. And that dimension is where the manifestation of the unseen becomes seen.
the manifestation of the unseen becomes seen. Hebrews 6, 3 says, if indeed God permits, we will now proceed to advance teaching. So God has to permit a ministry to proceed to advance teaching. And he's got to permit you to come into that ministry to receive the advanced teaching. Returning to the stronghold of security and prosperity. Jesus said, said, if I don't have your life, if I don't have your life, there cannot be a divine intercourse between the spirit and soul. There's got to be a divine intercourse between the spirit and soul for kingdom advancement. Isaiah 55, 11 says, my word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. So when you get revelation, what God is accomplishing is this, making you more like Jesus, Christ being formed in you. You see the progression here of Christ being formed in us to a full measure of his love, to the full measure of his statue. That's what revelation does. So there's advancement in the application of Revelation. Psalm 109.20 says, He sent His word and healed and delivered them from all destruction. He sent His word and healed and delivered them from all destruction. You see, Revelation is the mystery of the substance being unveiled and it's a divine disclosure. Has that ever happened to anybody? Revelation, amen. Jesus is the hope of glory. But he said, beware of the last deception. Somewhere between hope and the unveiling of the glory to be manifested, there is a season of purpose. And I call it a divine delay. You see, delays aren't denials. They're divine. Delays are not denials. They are purpose-driven. Second Peter said in, in, in 3, 9, he said, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but all come to repentance. You see, hope has a divine promise with a divine purpose to manifest a divine glory. Did you get that? Hope has a divine purpose to manifest the divine glory. So divine delays actually give us room for change. I know people don't like to hear the word repent, repent, repent. But all repented is just change your thinking. Just change your thinking. If, if your thinking is not working for you, you should be changing in any way. If your thinking is causing you destruction, you should change your thinking. 
Because the Bible says, so a man thinks, so he'll be. What you think on, you will attract. Because when you're thinking on something, it's producing an energy. It's releasing an energy. And it, it goes into a law. And there's two laws that God put in this universe that deal with spiritual issues. And that's the law of life and peace and the law of sin and death. Windows of grace, I call it. How many of us had those windows of grace where we just can't seem to get it right and God is so long-suffering towards us because he knows our heart, amen, because he put, he put that new heart in us. He knows what's in that heart. So he, he gives him that, that divine uh, patience towards us. Suffering is a divine delay. Suffering is a divine delay. Romans 8.18 says, For consider the things, sufferings of this present time, not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in you. So the divine delay had a purpose. And that was to reveal the glory of God that's already in you. Suffering has a purpose. To remove you out of the way so that the glory can come forth. Come on. Give room for the removal of that old, na old nature. Give room for the removal of this old man right here. Let's, let's get this old man out of the way as quick as we can so we can walk in the divine. This man has no struggle. You know why? Because he's full of love. He's manifesting love. He's manifesting the light of Jesus. He's manifesting the glory of God. He has no fear. He's in no want. That's what the world's waiting on. And that's where you're supposed to be. That's where I'm supposed to be. The whole world is waiting expectantly for that man to show up on the scene of their corruption and their despair. And bring him into bring them into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Suffering is for divine is is is, is for divine glory. Remember Lazarus? Lazarus was dead several days, and Jesus knew it. But Jesus went on having fellowship with the disciples. This was a divine delay. Because he said in John eleven four, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So what did he do? After several days, he went to Lazarus, and he rose him from the dead, so that the Father could be glorified through the Son. Well, this same resurrection power is in you. You have the power to produce anything in your life that pertains to life and godliness. God won't let you use that power to produce anything but that. Life and godliness in him. It's the same power, but we have it imprisoned. We have it imprisoned by false prophecies that we heard locked up in the soul that keeps, keeps these doors to the soul in bondage. Romans 15, 4 says what... For whatever is written in former days was written for your instruction, 
that by our patience, which is a divine delay, patience is a divine delay, we draw encouragement from the word that we might hold fast to hope. Your hope is in the word of God. Your hope is in the word of God. You need to have the word of God complete, uh, all in front of you. You look on my dashboard of my old car that I drive. It's got scriptures all on the dashboard, all in the speedometer area. Because when I'm at a red light, I want to put the word in front of me. So do you have understanding of key number two? What's key number two? Applying his love. I know when someone's applying his love because they're going to walk in love. They're going to treat their brother with love. They're going to treat their sister with love. That's how you know someone's connected to love. Step three, allowing his love to be Lord. You can connect to him. You can apply his love. But now he's got to be Lord over that love. And the benefits, look at the benefits of his lordship. In Genesis 39.3 says, now... He was talking about Joseph. Now, now Joseph, the master saw that the Lord was with Joseph and how the Lord caused him, that's circumstantial, caused him to prosper in all that he did. How many of you, uh, how many of you have, are prospering in all that you do? Raise your hand. None of us are there yet. We're still somewhere in the process, aren't we? But hearing revelation like this, hearing teaching like this, hearing about the keys that will unlock where I am will get me to the next step of glory. Only the Word can do. You see, this, this, this man right here, every time he steps somewhere, prosperity flows out of him. Wherever the need is. Every time he steps, uh, the source of all supply is coming out of him. Every time he comes into your presence, the revelation of God is coming out of his mouth. Every time he comes into your presence, angels are released with love to protect you. Love protects. How many of you want to get there? I know I do. If God gave us a vision, then we can get there. And we can get there just as quick as we want to get there. It's up to you. That's why he said, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, there's a due season for God to do anything. For in due season, you will reap if you would not grow weary. Re this, this, this man has reservoirs of living water coming out of him. That's what he would look like. That's what you would look like in the spirit. If the devil came up to you, he'd run because he's scared to death of water. He would come nowhere near you. And listen to what it says right here. The path of water is the path of least resistance. Crucify the flesh and the rivers will flow. Crucify the flesh and the rivers will flow. Proverbs ten twelve says, love covers a multitude of sin. So what love does, it throws a cover over all your wrongdoing and only sees the good in you. Don't ever keep, love does not keep an account of wrongdoing. 
It covers it with love. It covers with that blanket. That's, that's the love of God. We'd be in a mess if, if the Lord had a, had a record of everything we did wrong. But when I came to Jesus, everything was wiped out. Everything I did was wiped out. My slate became clean because of his blood. And I was sitting on a new slate, a new foundation. And now he didn't say, I'm not going to sin anymore. He said, but when you do sin, you have an advocate. You have an advocate with the Father. He said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. It's the only thing that cannot fail. It cannot harm you. It cannot fail. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out the door and expels every trace of it. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who, his, he who fears has not reached the full maturity of love. You know, faith, hope, and love, in that order, Jesus said, but the greatest of these is love, right? So you've got to have faith to have hope. And you've got to have hope to have that divine love staying in front of you and going ahead of you and making crooked, place, crooked places straight. So Deuteronomy 29 says, So keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. You see, there's no law. No law can come against this man here. No law can come against this man. Because the Bible says there's no law against the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, of which there's no law against such. Psalm 36, 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Isn't that powerful? His house is you. The Father's house is you. And everywhere you go, you should be giving someone a drink of the Holy Spirit. Every person that comes into your life, you should be able to make a divine change in their life. Because if you're not, then you're in the flesh. Every person that comes into your life should be by divine appointment. If you're in the divine kingdom. I love Aaron. When I get my hair cut, I got my hair cut this week. And... and, um, I was sitting talking. Aaron brought this little old lady over to me. She must have been 80 years old. And her husband just died. And he was 100. But when Aaron said, come, come see my preacher, she didn't want to come. Because she was, uh, had been raised Catholic. And didn't want anything to do with God, can you imagine being 80 years old and nothing to do with God? I'm telling you, that sister, that was a divine appointment. Her husband was her God. And when he died, she, she, she's, she's going, walking aimlessly. But I gave her Jesus 
And she never heard it that way before. She didn't know if she was going to heaven or not. That's the ministry of Jesus Christ. Is in the marketplace. It's in the marketplace. We should be coming in this place to worship him. To give him praise. And to be fed from his word. And then go out in the marketplace and make a difference. Hope does not disappoint. This is the year of completion. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God wants to complete you in some area of your life that you've been struggling with for so long and just can't get to the other side, can't seem to get it right. But this is the year of completion in your life. And how you know he's going to do it, he's drawing you. You wouldn't be here tonight if he wasn't drawing you. Only the Spirit of God can bring you into this place. And for those who don't know you, and I don't know who, who that is, but only the Spirit of God can draw you to this place. If Christ is not in you, Christ can come upon you and draw you to where he's at. These are times we need him. And I, we need him in a big way. Peace should be chief in your life. Every decision that you make should be made of, out of peace. Or I'd stand still until you see the salvation of God that he will accomplish for you. And then peace will come. I feel like the Lord's not finished. And this is a body ministry. So if God has given anybody in this body something to speak, it's revelation that we need to hear. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. See, for us to be complete in something, we've got to let go of something. Because whatever we're holding on to that's keeping us in circles and repeating the same thing is keeping us from being complete. We have to let go of it. And it starts with our thoughts. Our thought patterns. Everything in our head is a manifestation of what's on the outside. Everything that's going on in, in the mind is a manifestation of what's on the outside. If you have someone that's prospering on the outside, then you know he's prospering on the inside. If someone's in bondage or uh, got some kind of stuff going on that that's doesn't have life on it, then you know something's going on in the inside. Hope. In prison. One thing that will... Uh, the spirit that will imprison hope is fear. Fear is of the world. It's the spirit of the world. It's the principality of the air. 
It's the prince of the air. It's the spirit of fear. It cancels out your faith. You could be walking in faith and all of a sudden fear shows up and all the lights go out. Because a negative and a positive can't, can't be joined as one. Amen. Praise Lord. When we talk about receiving a revelation from God, it should never be considered as a supernatural thing. It's supposed to be natural for us to be continually getting revelations from our Father. Just in the natural realm for a father to speak to his child, it's natural for us to do it. And it's our Father's desire to speak to us and give us revelation, not just now and then, but all the time. And first and foremost, we must receive that by faith. We must believe that our Father wants to communicate to us intimately, personally, that he wants to reach out from heaven and give us revelation. And he gives us revelation to make us free. And he wants to make us free so we can make others free. See, the problem with the church today is hurt people hurt others. Damaged people damaged others. We need the revelation from God to bring us deliverance in areas of our life where we're hurt and damaged. And like uh, pastor said, you know, God will use a man of God to speak the word of God. But God wants to give you personal revelation because it builds intimacy. It builds relationship. And first and foremost, you know, God has spoken to a lot of people here. And what you've allowed to do is you've allowed the devil to come and get in your mind and say, you know, that's not of God. I'm just thinking these thoughts. But the truth is, by faith, God responds to your faith. Amen. Amen. This is an interesting thing you spoke. If you need it, but that's not important to me. You spoke tonight about the foundation. You've said that word three times. I count them every time. You know, and the Lord's been doing something with me that is, and he continues to reiterate things to me that are tied to foundation. You know, and that he is our foundation. And he is the one upon which we should build. And there, there's nothing else that will stand the onslaught except that solid rock, you know. And two nights ago, he spoke something to me as I sat in the presence of, a, of quite a gifted, quite an anointed prophet. And again tonight, he said, he said something to me as we worshipped, and I want to, I want to thank you all because it was, it was great, and and we enjoyed it, and and it ties back to foundation. And some of this he's spoken to me since 2005, and he just continues to reiterate things. Some of it's new, and 
I wrote this down as we sang. He said, two days past, I began a shaking and an upheaval in Zion. And it will reach even unto the cedars and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And it will reverberate as an echo of a supernatural master. For I've begun to search the foundations of men with candles and the foundations of Jerusalem, too, with candles. And I bring the sword of heaven to the field of combat and to the foundations of men. And all that is illuminated and that is black, I will carve out and make you pure and make you perfect. He went on to say, Satan has not seen me as the aggressor and neither have you. But I, the Ancient of Days, have now stepped on to the field of combat with the sword of heaven. Because time as you know it ceases to exist. The fullness of the time of the Gentile is drawing to a close. And I will be Lord over this earth and all that is in it. Praise the Lord. Play those songs. Um, I just want to, there's two songs the Lord uh, gave me this morning that wanted me to play at the end of the service. And um, uh, I want you to listen to the words and surrender. It's time to surrender. And for those who don't know him at all, tonight's your night. And for those that know him and can't let go of certain things, whether it's relationships, Whatever is holding you back, it's time to surrender. Can somebody cut those lights? Thank you. It's time to surrender. And if anybody wants prayer, needs prayer, a word in due season can unlock can release hope. Go ahead and turn it up, brother.